You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up in War Eagle, War Report family? You got Ike Jones back with another morning drop today. We're talking about the transfer portal. So far, Auburn has the number 39th ranked transfer portal class. But did Auburn address the needs in the transfer portal? We're going to talk about it. Y'all know how we do right here, War Report style. Let's drop it on them. Are now listening to the Wall Report. Morning drop today. It is January 24th, 2024. And we are here on a Wednesday morning talking a little bit about Auburn football in the transfer portal. Looks as if Auburn is done for this cycle during this transfer portal window. And the question is, how good did Coach Hugh Freeze and his staff do at addressing needs in the transfer portal? Before we get into the conversation, definitely want you all to be doing the necessary. Going out there, sharing the content out there on social media. We always appreciate when you guys help spread the word about what we got going on. Make sure you're hitting the thumbs up on the video and subscribing to the channel. Uh, but let's get in here and talk transfer portal. Uh, before we do, of course, today have to acknowledge that Auburn men's basketball makes the trip over to the other side of the state to take on the Crimson Tide in basketball. And listen, it has not been a cakewalk by any means for visiting top 10 teams this season in college basketball. Kentucky just last night going down to South Carolina as they made the trip to Columbia. So Auburn's got a task in front of them to be able to deal with the tide and hopefully Auburn comes out with the victory. We'll definitely do more on that game later on today. So make sure that you check uh, checking out the Lobtown show as we preview that today. And then, um, We'll talk a little bit more about that on the midweek report tonight. But let's talk football right now. We're talking about the transfer portal. And so far this season, again, Auburn is has the 39th ranked transfer portal class. And really just want to talk about how well did Auburn do in this transfer portal class. Don't want to get caught up in the ratings as much as I want to talk about the actual participants or the actual players that were brought in and the attrition that went out during the transfer portal and how well did Auburn deal with uh, the losses that they had this um, offseason. Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about how Auburn had did had done to this point last year. Uh, in totality last season uh, during the 2023 cycle, let me make sure I have that pulled up here, uh, Auburn had 20 incoming transfers. But to this point uh, during the season, there were one, two, three, four, 13 last spring coming in during the transfer portal window um, that Auburn had. Let's just run down the list of those that were in the spring transfer portal window for Auburn last year. Uh, names like Gunnar Britton, Avery Jones, Rivaldo Fairweather, Nick Mardner, Elijah McAllister, Dylan Wade, Lawrence Johnson, Shane Hooks. Um, Shane Hooks is listed on here, but I don't believe he was there during the spring. I don't know why he's on here for that early. He was he was not a spring enrollee last year. Um so I'm going to – he's listed on here as a unit. DeMario Tolan, though, was definitely here uh, last spring. Austin Keys, Brian Batte, um, Justin Rogers, Mosiah Nasili Kite, 
all here last spring. If I don't, I don't know if I said Lawrence Johnson, but Lawrence Johnson also here last spring. So a lot of guys that were contributors during the season haven't heard anything subsequently. Usually when I start talking about this, people start asking, what's the latest on Demario Tolan? Have not heard anything about him. That's not a name that's come up really at all um, recently. So I don't know if he's decided he's done with football altogether. And if he is coming back, whether Auburn is in his future. But I mean, Auburn did pretty good in the transfer portal last spring to bring in guys that were going to be contributors for the vast majority of the season. Again, you know, your starting offensive line pretty much was here uh, from the transfer portal in Avery Jones, Gunnar Britton, and Dylan Wade. Um, And then you add on, you know, a couple of other guys that were here before, like Cam Stutz. And that's that those were your major contributors to the offensive line. And then you had really great contributors on the defensive line. Mosiah Nasili Kite, uh, Justin Rogers, Lawrence Johnson, all proved to be valuable defensive line folks. Elijah McAllister was the starting jack for the vast majority of the season. Rivaldo Fairweather, your best pass-catching tight end, was here. Um, And so did a pretty good job last season. Austin Keys, after he got back from his injury, was uh, super valuable in the linebacking room. He's going to be coming back this season for another year. Same thing with Fairweather. Dylan Wade, you know, you got guys that really did a really good job, I think, last season with the staff of bringing in guys that were going to contribute for the spring and ended up being very good fall contributors for you on this team. So having the lens of those 13 guys uh, and how well they did, I think it kind of shows what Coach Freeze does. He focuses in on particular things in portions of his, his tenure thus far. When he got in the door, his main focus was getting new guys in via the transfer portal that could come in and compete day one that were already competing somewhere around the country. That seemed to be a big portion of his focus. Not that he wasn't focusing on uh, the recruiting class and all of that, but he was definitely putting a lot of intense focus on the transfer portal. He shifted that focus this offseason. And let's get into talking about this offseason because he said himself that, you know, this season, you know, he hadn't really been trying to go out there and get in the transfer portal. He wanted to build this program on the freshman class, which let's be, be clear, that's a risky proposition, right? Because the the transfer portal being what it is, you have to figure out how to keep all of these young men with all of this eligibility satisfied in some sort of way to bring them in. So didn't really put a heavy focus on the transfer portal this time. Thus far, Only nine transfers in, and I say only nine as if there needed to be more, but, uh, you know, there there have been some good transfers in, but nine transfers in. Let's just run down that list so far. Rico Walker, Robert Lewis, Dorian Mause, um, Mause, excuse me, uh, Sam Jackson, the fifth, Gage Keys, Piercy Lewis, Trill Carter, Jaron Thompson, and Antonio Kite have been the transfers in so far this one. And... You know, again, it's ranked number 39th overall with nine transfers. But I think this has been a solid class. I'm not going to put a, you know, a grade on it really uh, today because I think that there's I I hesitate to grade this class in advanced um, as far as what they are going to do. But I can say as far as far as filling positions of need, you talk about uh, the defensive backfield. You really only got two guys, right? You got Kite and you got Jaron Thompson. I think that those two guys can be guys that could potentially come in and start immediately for your team. 
or at least be good rotational players uh, if they're they can get in and learn the system really well. Uh, Jaron Thompson, the guy who's got a, a pretty good amount of snaps at Texas, he's already played at a Power Five at a team that's now coming over into the SEC. You're talking about Kite, who is uh, over at the other school. Uh, and he was a guy who they did not want to lose from that staff. And I think that he's a guy that can come in and compete immediately. Then you got a guy like Trill Carter along your defensive line. I've been talking about the need for us to be able to plug in somebody up front as a nose tackle, potentially getting some snaps there. Trill Carter fits the bill as a guy who could potentially come in and play your nose tackle. Definitely a a position of need along the defensive line, whether he's nose or D tackle. Uh, So that's a great pickup. You addressed it again with gauge keys, who I think can be a defensive tackle, defensive end in your scheme. So you've got more depth along the defensive line with there, uh, with that, and a guy I think that fits what you want to do from a profile and size standpoint. Um, then you look at what they did with the offensive line. Didn't need a lot of offensive line guys, in my opinion, because you have a lot of young guys that I think can step in and start to play. But you did address the need with the offensive tackle position specifically. And I think that that's a big need for this team to have more depth there. And you didn't just go get depth. You went and got a guy that could potentially come in and start at that position, having played snaps in the SEC and done a a good job in um, Piercy Lewis. So, a great pickup there. Then you go to the linebacking core where you're thin. You lose a guy in the transfer portal with uh, Cam Riley, uh, but you have your presumptive starters there uh, in the, the linebacking core. But you go and get a quality P5 transfer in uh, Dorian Mausi to be able to come in into your linebacker course. So I think you did a really good job there of p- picking up a position of need. The two or three, I guess you could say, if I were to rate these, I would say I don't really know where they fit into things and they don't necessarily move the needle for me um, in terms of what you kind of need in this transfer class. And I would say that would be Rico Walker, who I think is a solid pickup and I think is a pickup that is good for your future of the tight end room. So I don't know how much dividend it's going to pay this season, uh, except for potentially having another pass catching tight end in the mold of a Rivaldo Fairweather. So you have two guys that are more similar uh, to be able to 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 run the same stuff and not and, and when you sub in and out you you kind of can run the same kind of things with those two guys uh, and then you would already have two guys that would be primary blocking tight ends and then a um a secondary uh, pass catching tight end uh, so you have two guys that are in the mold of one another very similar to what we're talking about with our basketball team at, at Auburn you see you have basically when you rotate to the second group you have a group that's very similar to the first group in a lot of ways so you don't have a significant drop off so in that regard I like the Rico Walker pickup from that standpoint uh, but anxious to see how he fits into the scheme of what they want to do with him um, but Robert Lewis being the other one where I'm like I don't know how much it definitely addresses a position of need and experience in your wide receiver room. I don't know right now how much that moves the needle for you in your wide receiver room. Like when you look at the roster of guys on the wide receiver room, you know, I don't know where Robert Lewis even ranks amongst if you were to rank the wide receivers top to bottom in that room, I think one through nine, we have maybe nine uh, scholarship wide receivers right now. Where would Robert Lewis even fit in that? And if he's not in your top three, uh, then that's not really a needle moving wide receiver move. I think it's solid, but I don't think it's very, you know, again, it doesn't move the earth. Nobody was like, oh my goodness, uh, Auburn got Robert Lewis. Be careful next year. 
Uh, hopefully he comes in and he contributes in a really good way. I like what he did um, at uh, Georgia State. But um, again, is he going to be a guy that's going to be a difference maker in the SEC? Yet to be seen. And then lastly, uh, the Sam Jackson the fifth, another guy again in your wide receiver room where it's like, a lot of athleticism, a lot of upside, but does he move the needle? Do you say to yourself, oh, the balance of power has shifted in the direction of Auburn because Sam Jackson is now in your wide receiver room? I don't know. But again, you got a lot of dynamic freshmen, so you don't really have to do that. Uh, but just rating the transfers on their own and not necessarily about the all of the offseason acquisitions, just transfer portal. Um going to be interesting to see how those pieces fit in and what they're going to actually be able to contribute this season because let's be clear last season specifically with the um the wide receiver room Auburn didn't do well right as far as the productivity on the field I think the the excitement around those young men when they came in was pretty high but what they actually ended up being on the field was not productive for Auburn. When you go and look at the numbers of the transfers that came in with your Shame Hooks, your Nick Mardners, your uh, Jair Shorters, right? Those guys didn't produce for Auburn. And so it's going to be incumbent upon Coach Hugh Freeze and this staff to prove that this offense is a transfer destination for high caliber talent if they're going to be able to produce a little bit better. We've done well on the defensive side traditionally, and so it's not a stretch for guys to think, OK, I could go to Auburn as a defensive player, make it to the league. The offensive skill positions is a place where Auburn has not done well in the transfer portal. And this season, the offense has got to give transfers a reason to say this is a place where I can go. And it's important for you to be able to say that to transfers because in the landscape of what we are right now in college football, you're not going to be able to continue to build strictly off of freshmen because those guys may not be here two or three years like they used to be. So going to be a difficult task this season prove the offense is a place where guys who are high caliber guys and it's going to be about fit too right you don't want to just go out there shopping for the the best you want to have guys that fit your system and fit your culture but it's harder to do that in the transfer portal to find out who the the, the right culture fits are you kind of just have to take a a flyer on some guys and hope that they do well um but looking forward to seeing how these young men are progressing and we're getting into the time where they're working out and all that sort of stuff. So we will definitely get to see how the culture fits are going to be doing for this team. All right. That's enough of me talking about this transfer portal period. I want to hear what you all are talking about before we do definitely want to talk about show sponsor rogue shop. Make sure you head over to rogueshop.com and use code rapport. When you do America's number one online dispensary, it's a rogue shop, sleep, stress, pain, anxiety, all of those, there's a remedy for them right there at the Rogue Shop. Head over there using code RAPPORT, and that will let them know that the War Report sent you. Plus, you get a little something, something off of your purchase. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from the War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. drop. Let's get over here into the comment section, see what you guys are buzzing about today. Definitely appreciate you dropping in with me today. 
Let's get things started off with, got to go way back up. You guys, a lot of chats this morning, a lot of uh, people anticipating just because he was in here first. Let me shout out my guy, Jazzy Joe, uh, War Eagle to you, Tony Baker, War Eagle to you as well. Greatest fans in all of the sports world. Absolutely. The Auburn fans sit atop of Mount Olympus uh, in the sports world. Uh, TK taking a good shot over at the folks in Bama says really have a dislike for Nate Oatmeal. <laughs> Not a fan of Nate Oats, I see. Listen, hey, it is what it is. We got to get this dub today, baby. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Haley jumping in saying good morning, fam. War damn eagle. Uh, Haley, uh, and I think they've addressed in the comments is Haley's birthday today. So happy birthday to Haley. Glad she's able to join us on her birthday. She hadn't been here as much lately, but decided to come and get a birthday morning drop in. Not mad at that. Uh, Daniel Moultrie says, we stole Will Redman from LSU. Uh, if you guys don't know Will Redman, I think it was like the le- director of player personnel or something like that uh, at LSU. And he's coming over for a similar title here at Auburn. Uh, we'll definitely talk about that a little bit m- more tonight on the midweek rapport. Uh, but good to see, you know, I mean, it's a good call out when we're talking about the transfer portal, you know, um, Hopefully he's a guy that can help coach you freeze And this. Again, I, I'm saying help coach you freeze because he said he doesn't feel like he does it well, not because I feel like he doesn't do it well. Coach freeze said he felt like he hasn't done well in the transfer portal. And that's not his strength. Uh, hopefully Will Redmond will be able to help with that sort of thing and make sure that we're keeping an eye on potential transfers and fits and all that sort of thing and, and, and get us into a place where we can move more quickly on guys that would potentially be, uh, Good transfers into Auburn University coming up into the next portal window. Uh, Cindy Hill, what do you what do y'all think about the football team? I think it's amazing because they wear the correct uniforms. Listen, this team right now has a lot of work that they have to do, which is to be expected. You have a team that went six and seven this year, five and seven the previous year. Uh, there's a lot of work that has to be done for this team to get to the place where they need to be. Uh, But I think that there's a solid core for this group and they just need to figure out who are going to be the key contributors going into next season. Uh, This spring is going to have a lot to do with how successful they're going to be, particularly around, um, you know, install. This is going to be a new offense and defense for everybody. So you almost hit the reset button during this offseason. Uh, but not completely a reset. So the the core that's there is going to um, it's going to be important to make sure that this team is figuring out how to operate the way that they need to operate going forward. You know, listen, I'm hoping that Coach Hugh Freeze has a long and successful tenure here at Auburn so we don't have to go through this uh, coaching shuffle every couple of seasons. So the way that I think this season is going to be crucial for setting the um, – the culture in that locker room and, you know, some great hires on the staff that will allow you to set the the base level of what you're going to be. I don't think last year was the, was a, a good base level um, situation for this team. This year, I think, is the year where you're going to be able to say, all right, this is where we're going to build our foundation from. So looking forward to seeing what that foundation looks like this coming up season. Uh, Dustin Pace says he's also been out recruiting big offensive tackle for the 2025 class. Absolutely. I mean, listen, I don't get as I say often and people think I'm crazy for saying this. I don't get too caught up in the um, in recruiting stuff just because 
that stuff changes so much, right? Like just because you have a guy committed today does not mean that he's going to be a part of your actual class once time hits because we've seen, you know, flips happen. They flip to and from Auburn. So I try not to get too caught up in early returns on any of that stuff. When it gets closer to the day, I will look at what we're doing in the, um, in, in that regard, but I do see the focus there that Coach Hugh Freeze has on that 25 class, and they've done a good job of saying we want to attack the trenches primarily with the offensive and defensive line. So looking forward to seeing how they close out that class in a strong way to make sure that those trenches are taken care of for the future. Ant Robinson jumps in and says, I think this team will be better depth than last year. I agree. I think that the depth of this team, you know, I just talked about this in the tight end position, but I think the offensive line right now is pretty deep uh, with the addition of Perry Lewis, uh, Percy Lewis, excuse me. Um, I think that that helps you at your offensive tackle to have some guys who can rotate. Um, one of the great things about having a guy like Gunnar Britton last year, which I think Dylan Wade will end up being a guy like that for this team this season. And uh, Jaden Muskrat will be a guy like that for this team this season. Dylan Senda, I think, is going to be a guy like that. And then Tate Johnson's going to be a guy like that. They can move around to multiple positions. Now, Dylan Wade has not played interior offensive line before, but I think getting in this spring and him potentially being in the interior offensive line, where people are projecting him to be at least, uh, will allow us to have a lot of depth at multiple positions along the offensive line. In case a tackle goes down, you can move Dylan Wade out to the tackle position again because he's played there. So you have guys that can specialize and then you have guys that can be versatile. And I think that that's going to be super crucial for being able to absorb whatever situations pop up during the season is you know you've got guys that you can move around to certain spots without losing a, a lot of uh, quality experience and snaps. So I think we've gotten better in that regard. When you move out to positions like, you know, the running back room is essentially the same room as last year. And I thought that that was a deep room last year. So we're going to be back in that position again this year. The only place, you know, I'm not going to run down room by room, but uh, the only place where the depth for me is still somewhat of a concern is along and more so because I don't know what we have in some of the guys that haven't played is the defensive line. Uh, that's the place where you definitely needed to bring in your gauge keys and your trill carters to be able to, uh, to, to solidify that a little bit more, but I still am not sold on what we have at the nose tackle. I like what Quintrell Jamison Travis did last uh, during the bowl game, and I think that he could potentially slide in and be some someone who can give you some minutes at the nose, and he definitely has D-tackle uh, skills and, and uh, ability. Uh, so I do worry a little bit about the nose tackle position, but maybe somebody emerges. And again, I think that you have to get this guy, Dimitri Nicholas, in this class to have more depth along the defensive line, specifically at a guy who could hold down that um, that nose tackle. But I do like the depth of this team more than last season. The wide receiver room is another place where a lot of talent, but unproven. So we'll see what happens there. Derek Anderson says, thought we made a DC hire that hasn't been announced yet that y'all knew about. Nope, I don't know anything about a secret defensive coordinator hire, and I don't even know why it would be need to be kept a secret. So, uh, no, uh, haven't seen anything. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, if I had seen anything or heard anything, I wouldn't tell you because it was it's not my job to, to break anybody's news. It's my job to react to it. So, um, but uh, and but being honest, I don't I haven't heard any hire that's been made uh, that hasn't been announced. So, no. Derek Anderson jumps back in and says, Coach Hugh Free said the QB battle was wide open. I understand that Walker White coming in isn't ideal uh, to, to be the starter, 
But do you honestly feel like we have a sh- he will have a shot to win the job, or is he like ninety nine percent red shirt? Ha! We talked about this a little bit yesterday, um, and we will definitely discuss this more in the coming days on the show, um, specifically about the quarterback position, just because you know I know that that's uh, always going to be a topic that people want to discuss. I'll say this about the quarterback position with Coach Hugh Freeze, Walker White, and who who all we have in this room right now. To address the question directly, does Walker White have a chance to play as a freshman? I would say yes, he does. Um, I don't see any reason why Walker White couldn't come in and be in competition for QB1 snaps immediately. However, I don't think that is the preferred route for Coach Hugh Freeze to start Walker White game one. And when I talk about QB1, I'm talking about QB1 game one. What is the preferred scenario that Walker White be QB1 game one? No. The preferred scenario, the preferred scenario right now is Peyton Thorne make some sort of step up and be QB1 game one because he has the most in-game experience. I think the preferred scenario is that Walker White be QB3 going into game one. You have one of the guys, either Holden Gurner or Hank Brown, step up and look like a potential QB1 but be the QB and waiting behind Peyton Thorne. Again, I think this is what Coach Hugh Freeze prefers today. I don't know if that's going to be the reality, and it honestly doesn't matter what I would prefer. What I would prefer is that we have multiple quarterbacks that are ready to step up and play football for Auburn in case QB1 doesn't work out for whatever reason, reason, whether that's performance or injury, have a second quarterback that can come in and step in and play well. Now, as far as the red shirt of Walker White, I think, again, Coach Hugh Freeze would love to, to red shirt Walker White because you'd have more years of him with the guys in that trans, not transfer, excuse me, in that freshman class that they brought in at wide receiver, and he'd be able to project to the future for other wide receivers coming in, whether that's the transfer portal or in uh, future freshman classes, what you've got in Walker White. You want to see him in active duty during the season, blow out a couple of teams, make sure you get Walker White in there, maybe even at the expense of playing a Holden Gurner or a Hank Brown, just let Walker White get some snaps out there because you're not going to get to your fourth QB often in garbage time for any significant snaps. So that's why you want Walker White to be QB three, right? Coming in there so that you get to maybe QB two and then you get one or two drives with Walker White at the end of games next season so that you can show, hey, this is our our heir apparent guy that's going to be coming in. But QB two has got to get snaps during the season. You can't, if Walker White's not QB two, that he can't get snaps during the season without QB2 doing that. So uh, that's where you're going to be in this really weird place of trying to figure out how to showcase what you have in Walker White without leapfrogging one of the other guys in the quarterback room who you want to be able to trust to come in and be your QB2. Again, I think that's the preferred scenario. We'll see how that works out coming up. Dustin Pace jumps back in and says, all I know for sure is Coach Hugh Freeze sounded like Walker White's biggest fan. He probably has a shot, plus physically he seems the most prepared. Not dismissing Hank Brown, though. Those pre-snaps read, pre-snap snaps reads were high level. Um, 
Listen, he's supposed to sound like Walker White's biggest fan. I mean, listen, you recruited the guy for a year and a half. You got him to come in here. You need to sound like his biggest fan coming in here about the what you think he can do in the future. But if you heard him talk about Holden Gurner, uh, he's got the best arm in that room. I think he's going to be a really good talent. He sounds like his biggest fan. When you hear him talk about, well, he, he hasn't had a chance to really gush over Hank Brown. He, he just hadn't. Like, he hasn't really gushed over Hank Brown yet. I think it's going to be interesting to see that first press conference going into the spring is going to be an interesting one. There's a couple of things that I think is are going to be prevailing topics. The quarterback uh, situation is going to be number one, and how people talk, how how P- Hugh Freeze and um, Kent Austin now, who is going to be an on the field uh, QB coach, he's going to get a chance to be out there in front of the media answering questions in the facility during spring. How they talk about and how they're asked about the quarterback situation is going to be th- an interesting thing to monitor. Um, but I think it's going to be probably a situation where people are going to ask a lot of questions about Walker White. So you're going to hear more um, conversation about him in the spring. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's the the guy that's leading. It's just going to be, you know, hey, they're asking more questions about him. So you're going to hear more about him or you're going to hear have more opportunities to hear people talk about him. But um, I think. Hopefully, we'll be get into a place where we're hearing good things about all of them, but we need to be able to see good things in the spring game. And the spring game, I think, is the other portion of what people are going to need to talk about. What is it going to look like in the spring game so that we get a chance to see all of these young men compete out there? James Barnett asks, Ike, who, in your opinion, is the steal of the class? One offense and one defense. Are you asking about, and I'll give you a chance, I'm going to run back to this question. Are you asking about this transfer portal class, or are you asking about the freshman class? Uh, Clarify that for me, and I will answer that question for you here in just a minute. Uh, Jonathan Boyson says, has McLeod committed? I've heard yes and no. Um, no, to my knowledge, McLeod has not committed. To my knowledge, McLeod has not visited. To my knowledge, Auburn hasn't even been in contact with McLeod. To my knowledge. Now, that doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It means I don't know about it. Uh, he said that at, at the time when the initial report broke that that wasn't truth. Um, and I haven't seen anything subsequently about him. Uh, so I, I think that that'd be interesting, right? You'd be going into the spring with five quarterbacks that would be on scholarship unless he's going to take a preferred walk-on spot. Um, and so I don't know how you even really get into a place where you're getting quality reps for five different guys in a new, I put quotation marks around new system in, in that regard, right? Because you need to make sure that everybody is getting a chance to, you know, rotate through and work with all of the the, the first team, whatever that first team is going to look like, that's going to be an interesting thing as well. Because last spring, Coach Hugh Freeze repeatedly said, "I, you know, I, you know, I don't care who goes in there first, all that sort of thing." But reps and uh, the division of reps in the spring are going to be very different, in my opinion, this year because you have guys that have been here a little bit longer. How is he going to figure out how to make sure everybody's getting reps, specifically at positions like quarterback? I don't know. If you bring in a fifth guy. I don't know how you retain all of the, you know, Walker White's going to stay. Hank Brown or Holden Gurner have to start rethinking what they're going to do with their collegiate career if you bring in McLeod. I don't know that McLeod would transfer here to sit on the bench. Um, And when I say sit on the bench, I mean to be like a fourth string quarterback. 
like, why would you do that? So if he's coming in, he's got to be coming in with the thought that he could compete, compete for QB1. Any transfer quarterback, let's just not limit this to McLeod. I'm only talking about McLeod because you ask about him. That whoever, if they brought in a transfer transfer portal quarterback for the spring, that person would be coming here with a thought process. I am, especially a guy like McLeod who doesn't have a lot of eligibility yet. I'm going to be competing for QB one at worst QB two, right? And so that puts you in a position where if going out of the spring, you have a transfer in here and you're not at least QB two as Holden Gurner or Hank Brown. I don't know why you stay. If you're Peyton Thorne and you're not one of those, you definitely need to get up out of here, right? And so I think that that is the beginning of the end for somebody in one of those three names uh, if you bring in a transfer portal quarterback. Because again, unless that guy's got three or four years of eligibility, it doesn't make sense for them to come in here and be the third quarterback, fourth quarterback on your roster. That's just, uh, it just... Unless you just want to get a, a different NIL check, right? And especially if you're coming in on preferred walk-on set. Like, I just don't know how that makes a ton of sense for whoever that would be. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But I, I don't have a ton of confidence in the way that that looks. While I'm looking here, Jed says, man, I love Hank and Walker this spring. I think Holden's going to be gone. I mean, listen, I, I, whomever out of the three guys that are coming back. Um, and I, again, I'm leaving Walker White off of this just because, you know, he, he's not going to transfer. Whoever is the QB three in that room, I think probably hits the transfer portal. Whoever QB three is, right? Like if you feel as if you're not in the running for QB one, meaning you're one or two on the list, I think the likely destination for you is going to be the transfer portal. Freshman class. Okay, he says in the freshman class, who's going to be, who is the steal of the freshman class? <sighs> one offense and one defense. For the offense, I think I am going to go. Oh, this is tough, man, because I think this is a really good class. Let me Let me make sure I'm not forgetting somebody. So let's look at this. My initial thought was Bryce Kane. My initial thought was Bryce Kane. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Bryce Kane. I think Bryce Kane is the steal. Um, I think he's a guy who Auburn was able to uh, get in early on the, the the recruiting before he started to to blow up in the um in the rankings a little bit. And I think that he is going to be a guy that's going to be a, a dynamic playmaker in college football. I'm going to go Bryce Kane on the offense. The defense, I think I'm going to go. It's tough for me because I, I and the only reason I'm going to go the direction I'm going with Caleb Harris as opposed to Laquan Robinson is because he is truly a freshman and Laquan is coming over from a community college. But I think. Caleb Harris might be the most underrated get in this class. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be good. You know, just looking at his tape um, a little bit from high school, I like him as kind of a sneaky, good pickup there for that defensive freshman class. So I'm going to go with those two as my picks for guys that in this freshman class might be steals of the class. So we'll see how that pans out uh, later on. All right. 
Um, that's it, man. I'm done talking. Appreciate you guys dropping in with me today. A lot of great conversation in the chat. Hopefully you guys can continue that conversation in the comment section afterwards, but I want to hear what you guys think about this transfer portal class. How well do you think Auburn did in the transfer portal class going into the spring? Uh, I think we're done. I mean, we might have somebody else and we'll need to come back in and talk about this a little bit more. And what would you grade A through F uh, on the transfer portal class as far as Auburn's ability to be able to fill positions of need. I want to hear that from you guys in the, in the comment section. Uh, before we get out of here, of course, the Rogue Shop is the sponsor of the Morning Drop. Make sure you use code report when you go to go over there, get a little something off your purchase. Um, we'll be back at you with a midweek report at night. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, uh, and make sure that you share the content with somebody. Until the next time, and as always, War Eagle. Drop!